Hello and welcome to episode three of Nick's Snack for Neologisms, where we define and discuss the most amazing words in the English language. At least I usually think they're pretty amazing. I guess that's kind of the word nerd in me. So, so anyhow, uh, our three words for this episode are juxtapose, misanthropic or misanthropy, and affable. So let's get on to our first word, which is juxtaposed. It has the most bizarre spelling ever. And if you're like me and you play those like those nerdy word games, you know, like Scrabble and all the other ones, there's one, I don't know the name of it, but you have to like come up with the word and then people have to, you you get a guess as to what letter is, what letter is what block. And then you got to flip over word and the first person to guess it, I don't know, wins or something like that. And juxtapose, my whole point here being is that juxtapose is one of those words that you can use that will just freaking own the game. Same with the word zygote, which is like one of the first stages in embryotic something, cell development or something like that. Zygote is a very good word. Anyhow, that's sort of a digression. But anyhow, okay, so juxtapose is spelled J-U-X-T-A-P-O-S-E. That's J-U-X-T-A-P-O-S-E. It's fairly phonetic, and it means to place close together or side by side. So you're driving home from work today, you're in the center lane because you thought you would be cool and you'd have more options to change lanes to the left or the right lane and maybe get home quicker because of all your options. But lo and behold, you're stuck in traffic. There's a car in front of you. There's a car to your left. There's a car to your right. And of course, there's somebody behind you. So guess what? You are juxtapositional to the four of those cars because you're in dead center and you're right near each one of them. So if you are standing in line and you are behind someone, then the two of you would be considered juxtaposed. Um, Here are some online examples I found of juxtaposition. Okay, so it says the conflicts were so dissimilar that essay after essay is able to do no more than juxtapose events as opposed to compare them. Another example is several stories juxtapose beauty with ugliness. So obviously juxtapose doesn't have to mean something that's like in physical proximity. It's also used metaphorically. And then here's another example. She attempts to juxtapose the private world and the public historical world in order to show us the weight of the tragedy. So those are three examples. And then here's something interesting I found that I was unaware of. It's called an art. I guess there's something called juxtapositional art, right? It's where you take, um, I guess, two dissimilar elements and then you try to compare them in something that's artistic so in juxtapositional photography for instance i I found some pretty cool pictures online where you or the photographer is contrasting one element with something else and those two elements are different so in the, the pictures i saw there was one of these these innocent kids in lebanon and they were playing on some old rusted part of a tank i guess it was like that that the the part of the tank that shoots something i don't know what the hell that's called yeah, it's called a turret. the rifle portion of a, of a tank i guess yeah, it's a turret. why can i not think of that word i don't know i'm sure there's a name for it but anyhow they're sort of it's this long metal arm right and they're just sort of swinging on it so you've got these innocent kids and it's like god do they know what they're swinging on they probably do but they probably don't understand the full understanding of what it is that they're playing on. Hey, that thing actually kills people. It's used to shoot missiles at people and shrapnel at people and all of that. Another cool one I saw was uh, another one in the Middle East where there were these camels and they were sort of in the foreground of the picture and in the backdrop of the picture behind them was this huge cloud of flames and smoke. 
So you have these sort of in- innocent camels just roaming about doing their thing. And then behind them, there's this like deathly picture of war. And then something else that was juxtapositional about that photograph is that the camel is really bright. And then behind them, you have these like dark clouds of smoke. And then something that sort of just came to me was like this, um, you know, you're in like a graveyard really early in the morning. It's it's dark and gloomy and maybe there's a bit of like steam or something and then or frost or whatever, whatever the hell. And then all of a sudden behind you, at, you know, at 6 a.m., the sun is starting to rise and the sun is something that usually represents like warmth and goodness and holiness and all that. So you've got the sun rising behind in this this dark, gloomy graveyard. That would be another good juxtapositional photograph i also saw there was this i don't know if it was a painting or a photograph or what but it was like this older guy on a tricycle (laughs) i thought that was pretty funny so anytime i guess you have two dissimilar elements and you're putting them in the same piece of artwork it's it's called juxtapositional art and then also if you listen to our last episode which was um episode two i think i think it was episode two maybe it was the first no i think it was the first episode we did the word neologism right which stands for um just a new a new word basically so the way that a lot of neologisms are formed are by juxtaposing two different words. So you take like one word with one part of one word with the part of another word. You stick those two words together. You've juxtaposed them, and now you have a neologism. So that's an example of juxtapositional wording, juxtapositional something. Yeah, I don't know. Anyhow, let's move on to the next word, which is misanthropy, which is one of my favorite words. I don't know why it's one of my favorite words, perhaps because I myself am a bit misanthropic and probably because you always hear of its antonym, which is philanthropy or philanthropist or philanthropic, right? So misanthropy means hatred, dislike, or distrust distrust of mankind. So it's spelled M-I-S-A-N-T-H-R-O-P-Y. That's M-I-S-A-N-T-H-R-O-P-Y, misanthropy. And it's actually, it's very phonetic and it's the way that you remember it. I mean, that's one way you can remember it, right? Is it just means the opposite of a philanthropist. We all know that a philanthropist is some sort of benevolent giver of mankind. Like you always hear of Bill Gates being this great philanthropist, right? Because he's donated X and Y amount of money to X and Y, or he started his own, you know, philanthropic uh, charity or something like that. So that's one way you can remember it. It's just the opposite of philanthropist. Another way you can remember it is just by looking at its prefix suffix and its root. This is one word that actually really follows pretty damn closely to its prefixes and suffixes and all that, right? Because I remember in high school, we had this one teacher who's like, yeah, you know, it's very easy just to, just to find the meaning of a word if you just know all your stupid Latin and Greek suffixes and all that crap. When in actuality, like I've studied words for a long time now, and I don't think that's necessarily the case for a lot of them. You can sort of come up with the definition, but then a lot of times it's like, whoa, that's a pretty big stretch from its root and its suffix and all that. But this word, you've got the M-I-S, which, which is the beginning. It's the prefix. I mean, you've got the anthro and you've got the opic or the opi at the end. So miss, like in misunderstanding or misunderstood or mistake means wrong. And then you've got the anthro part, which means man, like anthropology is the study of man, right? And then you've got the the suffix, which is opi or opic, which means vision or pertaining to the eye, right? So if you if you have a wrong understanding of mankind or a wrong vision or your outlook of mankind is wrong, you're generally going to be a misanthropist, someone who doesn't like mankind. So that's a pretty cool word. I really like it. It, it makes sense to me. It's like, oh, you can just look at its word. You can look at, look at its prefix suffix. And it's a root word and actually know what the word means. 
And not only that, but we have our days, right? Like where, I don't know, maybe if your significant other or someone really close to you betrays you or your significant other dumps you or something like that, you know, the person that you most trust all of a sudden betrays you. And then the next thing you know, well, you're misanthropic because if you can't trust the person that you love, who can you trust? Or maybe you're just having a really bad day. You wake up, you know, those days you just wake up and you just kind of feel out of it. And then you, maybe you're driving to work and someone's tailgating you. Someone cuts you off. You get to work, you're kind of grumpy. And then people notice you, you're grumpy and they sort of get a little grumpy towards you and it just escalates. And the next thing you know, you're just having a shitty day. So you might be feeling a little misanthropic that day. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Sometimes I have bad days and that's the way that I feel. So I just, it's nice knowing that you have a word that can just so, totally characterize the way that you're feeling. Anyhow... Let's <laughs> let's go on to uh, let's go on to some online definition or some excuse me some online uh, examples that I found of the word misanthropy or misanthropic being used. So here's the first example. It says the technology is good, but but its intended uses are cowardly, dangerous, and misanthropic. I could see that that statement being applied to like nuclear warfare or chemical warfare or something like that. Right, you're far away and it's kind of cowardly and just. Only someone who hates mankind would be able to drop a nuclear weapon, perhaps. I don't know. Very misanthropic, right? Okay, here's another example. In another writer, this might be tragic wisdom or grounds for misanthropic satire. And then here's another example. Hugh wants to get there away from his role as peacemaker and troubleshooter to live in misanthropic bliss. I don't know why I chose that last that last example. I just like the word or I like the idea of misanthropic bliss, although I'm not exactly sure what that would entail because I'm not sure if you could live in a blissful state and be misanthropic. That just seems sort of contradictory. Maybe that's why I chose it. I like to choose things that don't make sense. Okay, anyhow, that's misanthropy. Uh, remember again that it's spelled M-I-S-A-N-T-H-R-O-P-Y and it is the exact opposite of philanthropy. All right, so anyhow... Enough of that, that nasty talk. Let's let's end on a good note with a word that is sort of opposite of misanthropy, and that word is affable. It is spelled A-F-F-A-B-L-E. That's A-F-F-A-B-L-E. And it just simply means easy to approach and talk to, friendly, warm, cold, cordial, warmly polite, as in an affable and courteous gentleman. I like this word affable for whatever reason, whenever I think of affability or affable, I just have that picture of Donald Duck in my mind. I don't even know if he was an affable person. I have no idea why he comes up, but for whatever reason, it helps me remember the definition. And another way you can actually remember the definition is that um, it's affable rhymes with laughable and, you know, someone or some, some person that's or something that's laughable. Actually, maybe that doesn't work that well, but I just think of like laughable as being good, not in the bad sense of something's laughable, but hey, it makes you laugh at it. It's pleasant. It's pleasing. So someone that's affable is a pleasant and pleasing person. Another way is you can also sort of break this one up into like its suffix and its prefix. You have able, right, as the suffix and um, A-F-F as the prefix as in like affectionate or um, affectionable, something like that. So affable is someone who's capable of affection. That's kind of a long stretch there, but it works. Hopefully it, it makes you remember of, of someone who's pleasing and easy to approach. So that's the way that I remember affable. Okay, so uh, let's move on to our online examples of affability. There is an understanding campus culture. Folks tend to be affable, hardworking, and very sharp. 
Another example, if you convey an affable and friendly persona, that will communicate volumes. You don't want to be perceived as pretentious. And then the last example is, he is an affable guy with a wide mouth and a broad smile. And another way I like to remember this, or a good way to help you remember this, is that as you're learning this word, there's got to be some people in your own life that are just very affable, right? Just those people, you just see them every day and it's like they never say anything bad about anyone. They're just always pleasant. They're calm. They're just nice people. You just imagine a, wor- a world of just affable people. Wouldn't that be pleasant? Or just people just filled with affability. So just imagine that person right now in your head. The next time you see him, just think, hey, that guy or that gal is affable. And that'll help you remember affability. Okay. So anyhow, that wraps it up for this episode. Let's, uh, let's do a quick recap and see if we can recall the definition of these three words. So the three words are juxtaposed, misanthropic, and affable. What is the definition of juxtaposed? Do you remember it? As in just next in position, juxtapose. Good. It means to place close together or side by side or be in close proximity to one another. All right, let's try the next word. It is misanthropy or misanthropic. You remember its definition? As in, I'm having a bad day today. I might even be feeling misanthropic. Good. It means disliking, distrusting, or having utter hatred of mankind. And lastly, our last word affable do you remember its definition as in my best friend is quite the affable person good that means friendly cordial warmly polite the affable gentleman okay great so those are our three words juxtapose misanthropy affable i hope you enjoyed them and i hope you enjoyed this episode episode three of nick snack for neologisms still having trouble saying that. Something about that alliteration is killing me. I don't know what it is. But anyhow, do me a favor and leave me a review on iTunes. Tell your friends and family about this cool Word Nerd podcast. And yeah, stay tuned for episode four. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.